Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today and want to give a very warm welcome to Thibaut Clement. Thibaut is the CEO and co-founder of Loomly, which he launched with his wife and business partner, Noemi, along with three other successful businesses over the years. As a self-taught programmer, Thibaut began building software to make their jobs easier managing a marketing agency and developing an in-house solution to streamline the process of creating and sharing editorial calendars with their clients, namely for social media, and Loomly was launched. Today, we're going to talk about issues marketers face on a daily basis, the C word, collaboration, with your teams and with your clients, and how to better collaborate as a marketer and what you need to know about today's social media. We'll learn what works from Tebow's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Tebow, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thank you very much for having me, Stacey. It's a pleasure. Of course. So I would love for us to start off and just share a little bit more about who you are and what got you to developing software, which is fantastic because you created a tool in-house to solve problems you were having. And then you decided to share this tool and gift with the world because any marketing agency, anyone who's doing social media marketing is having the same problems you are encountering. Yeah, well, actually, you know, you kind of nailed it during your, your introduction. So, you know, I, I don't want to be redundant, but um, yeah, you know, like you mentioned, I've been working with, with my spouse, Noemi, for uh, over nine years now, close to a decade. It's, you know, time is flying. And so prior to launching Loomly, we actually had an advertising agency, actually two, one in France, where our largest client was L'Oreal, and we were managing five brands for them uh, in the, uh, you know, luxury product division. So very serious stuff. And uh, and here in the US, where we were working with, you know, uh, fast-growing startups, so younger company looking for, you know, more innovative ways to uh, to grow and, and, and scale. And so there was one process that was common to all of those clients, which was that we were preparing for them uh, what we call editorial calendars. And I'm, I'm sure you know what it is. Um, and, and back in the day, and actually even, even still to this day, one of the most popular ways to handle editorial calendars was to use spreadsheets. And spreadsheets are great, you know, for numbers. Uh, you're doing a PL, you're doing a forecast, terrific. Now, if you're trying to do some marketing and collaborate, you know, you want to include some text and some images and then get a lot of back and forth with other people, not so much. So we tried to look for other products and, and ways to streamline the process. And all we could find was, you know, one of two things. Either we could find generic project management software, which was great for collaboration, but was not, you know, addressing the publishing part of our marketing workflow. Or the other option that we could find was social media schedulers, which were great to actually, you know, publish content to different platforms, but were not actually helping with, you know, the what is happening up front, which is how do we create the content, how do we get it approved uh, as a team by the client. So that was back in 2015, uh, and so because we couldn't find anything that you know was suiting our needs, we decided to build it 
I'm not an engineer. I just learned everything on my own. Um, and, and, you know, by the end of the year, we had something up and running, a cool prototype. Uh, and we started using it with our clients. We did not tell them it was our product and because we wanted some kind of feedback and they actually, you know, liked it. So a couple of months later, uh, 2016, uh, we just, you know, opened it up in public beta and, you know, to see if other people would be interested in, in using it. And from here, you know, things kind of uh, got out of hand, but in, in the right sense. So, uh, you know, today things are, are going pretty fast and it's pretty exciting. That's awesome. So you had you ever developed software before? Uh, you know, I've, I've been toying around with the web for a long time, but, you know, I, I, I it was not my my main job. I went to uh, business schools. I also got an MBA. So that was you know, what I, I graduated uh, about. And uh, just, you know, I learned everything on my own. I, I learned Ruby on Rails and JavaScript and all these things, uh, you know, on my spare time. At what platform did you start off working on Loomly? Like, how did you say, this is the platform we're going to start making it and building it from? Uh, Ruby on Rails. Uh, so it's, it's you know, what I had the most experience with uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I find that Ruby is a very uh, elegant language. Uh, and I also, you know, find that Rails, uh, which is kind of framework for Ruby, uh, mm -hmm. is actually a very, very powerful uh, system that helps you build applications very fast and so you know this is where i started and it's actually still what we use today that's awesome now you know as an agency owner and i know other agency owners or those who are running agencies they have the same thing you know we all are we're like oh, i just wish i could develop something and create something and craft something to solve my problems and then you have yeah. to figure out if, whether you're going to do it yourself which none of us have time to do or a lot of times the smarts to do, or if you're going to outsource it and then teach someone how to do it, but that's incredible that you're able to approach it and do that. So congratulations. Thanks. Uh, well, you know, kind of the funny thing is I actually built it. When I say for us, it was for us as an agency, but on a daily basis, it was actually Noemi who was doing the job. So what was interesting is I was building it. She was the first user. So we had a very short feedback loop. And, um, and, you know, I, I was adding features, she would test it and or test them and, and tell me, oh, uh, we could do this this way or that way. And it, it was great. And what's interesting is that, you know, nowadays, it's not only Noemi, uh, we are actually serving over 7,000 marketing teams across the world. Mm -hmm. And we are very proud to uh, still be you know, having this very short feedback loop where, you know, we speak with over 200 of our users every single day and they tell us, you know, they say, hey, I would like to have this feature. I would like to improve the UI this way or I found a bug. And so that's still what is kind of, you know, fueling the roadmap and how we are still building the product. So uh, it's very interesting to see that, you know, we are still following the same process. Yeah, that's awesome. And then with, with everything that you're doing, so your software, you know, you touched on this earlier and we were talking yeah. before the podcast a bit. Um, you're competing, like if you're looking at your competitors, but you're still different. Yeah. But what our audience might be familiar with if they have to frame what Loomly does. So you're competing against a Hootsuite, a HubSpot scheduler, a later, anything that is a, a scheduler of your social media. That's, that's the bare base of it. But then you have bells and whistles that actually allow better collaboration. Yeah. So, you know, the funny story is the very first version of Loomly that we had built mm -hmm. actually didn't have any you know, scheduling or publishing features. It was, you know, the bare bones was you could come to the platform, you could upload an image, upload a copy, and, you know, you would kind of 
generate a mock-up of the post for you and your team and you could share it you know with a simple link and with a notification to someone and they would be able to preview what the post would look like and then they would be able to approve it or like you know leave a comment and say hey can you change that or even maybe change change it themselves uh, and this is you know to this day it's still the core value proposition of, of what we do what we do is we help marketing teams collaborate um, and also we have now you know we cover the entire content publishing workflow from asset management to uh, ID generation uh, to, of course, you know, content creation. You know, we also have like a studio where, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Canva. So we have something similar where you basically, you know, it's called Lumi Studio and you're able to crop your images to the popular social media um, ratios and you add text and filters and all this crazy and cool stuff. Uh, and then, you know, once you have your content, it generates a preview for you and your team. And then once it's approved, uh, you can publish and respond to comments and, and get, get analytics. But so we, we kind of, you know, do uh, the full spectrum, but I, I, you know, we still see that to this day, why, you know, marketing teams come to our platform is because they are able to work together. Uh, they are able to, you know, preview the assets and the post and also the ads because we also support Facebook and Instagram ads and they can collaborate. They can say, I love this post. No, please, you know, change the copy on that on that post because it's not compliant with the brand or, you know, um, maybe let's use another asset, this kind of thing. And so what's great about Loomly is that it's, it's not really about, you know, saving time, you know, uh, like publishing to multiple channels, you can do it, of course. But the true value is making sure that anything that you actually publish to social media is actually on brand. Uh, there is no typo. Uh, you know, there is nothing that is not compliant with you know whichever regulation that you operate in, and this kind of thing. So that's where we are really different. That's awesome. And and you're working across all platforms. From yeah. I, I, there's some updates that I'd seen in your in it for Instagram because Instagram has some nice uh, uh, gate features that make it very difficult sometimes, I think, to uh, integrate with it. But you work across pretty much all social platforms. Yes. Uh, you know, at the moment, we're integrated with Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, uh, but also Google My Business uh, and YouTube. And we also have some lighter integrations with TikTok and Snapchat. Uh, again, with this focus on collaboration and, and creating the content, previewing it and approving it before it's uh, released to the social channel. Okay. So in your history, so you've owned ad agencies, marketing agencies, you've done all sorts of things that you came up with solutions for. What are some of the common issues that you see where collaboration just goes awry? Like whether or not it's with Loomly, but like just in general. Yeah. What so, happens? So, you know, um, I think there are like the, the, the most uh, common thing that we see, or, or you know, if, if I start with actually what works best and then, you know, we can maybe uh, walk backwards from there. Uh, what we see today is that social media marketing and communication is all about, you know, uh, successful social media marketing and collaboration is all about having a team working together on this project. And ideally a cross-functional team. Meaning, you know, you not you do not only involve, you know, like uh, just the marketing guy or the marketing person. You also, you know, invite, uh, you know, salespeople and product people and HR people and legal people and even financial people because, uh, you know, they all have something different to uh, to bring to the table and they will make your content richer and more in line with the brand and, uh, you know, they will just make it better. So that's usually, you know, the, the top 
thing that you know we see is marketing teams where you involve people from different parts of, of a company or a business. Uh, so that's that's kind of the top. Uh, working kind of backward, it's true that you know um, sometimes it may be overwhelming if you have just one person uh, who is handling it uh, because you know every month you have to kind of start from a blank slate and come up with 10, 20 or 50 posts uh, for the upcoming months. And that's where it's challenging. And so doing it on your own may not be the easiest thing to do. Uh, and the other thing is also, you know, if you are only like, you know, just uh, just a marketing uh, department, maybe at some point you are going to miss some insights from the users or the customers uh, or the prospects. And so uh, that's why, you know, we believe that like what we see today from the most successful brands is people who work as a team and as a cross-functional team. Okay. And, you know, you and I were talking a little bit earlier also, a lot of the communications that we've all done is through Excel spreadsheets. That's like, here's your 30 days out. This is it. Exactly. Here's a tiny little image, you know, our agency, yeah. we handle social media accounts, clients and you yeah. know, one client, which is very, very focused on their imagery because it's so, so important to them. So we build exactly. the images, then we import them into another slide in Canva for, you know, a week, a week, and then we have the text underneath it and then it goes to the client and then the client says, let's get on a call. And then we go back and forth and she changes things and then it comes back and the photos are updated. And then, I mean, it's a process to get all of this done. Yes, it is. It is. And actually, that's the other thing that, you know, where we see successful teams actually doing it very well is, is actually understanding that it's a process and that, you know, they have a workflow where, you know, they like they usually they work in batch. So, like you said, here is your upcoming months of content. That's that's one best practice rather than, oh, you know, saying, oh, it's it's 9 a.m. I need to post by 10 a.m. What am I going to say? Uh, this is usually kind of you know something you want to avoid because um kind of you know, opening a parenthesis here because when you work in batch and you look at you know a couple of days weeks or even months down the line what you're able to do is you're able to develop a brand story you are able to see you know how things are going to unfold over time and how you are going to tell a consistent story that is going to make sense to people who follow you where you will have maybe some repetition of some messages and maybe some nuances on some messages. And so at the end of the day, you know, this is how you will be building your brand because you are going to be telling a consistent brand story. Um, closing the parenthesis. Um, and so, so you know, uh, part of the process is working in batch and ahead of time. Um, another part of the process, which is very important, is making sure that, you know, you involve the right people so that, you know, you are able to get some feedback and some approval uh, and that you know you communicate within the deadlines you know so for when you expect um, to have an approval and some feedback and what kind of, of approval and feedback you are expecting from them and then that you have specific roles assigned you know for who is creating the content who is approving who is publishing who is answering to comments and, and mentions and messages and and who is doing the reporting at the end of the month uh, and you know usually having this kind of you know, team workflow in place where you know who is doing what and when uh, is usually, you know, a very, very solid basis for success. Yeah. And then it goes wrong where, you know, wheels fall off the bus when someone actually doesn't fill their like checkbox of what they're supposed to be doing throughout the processes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, one, you know, so 
So you have the, the, the workflow and then you can have the tools to implement the workflow. Uh, you know, some of the things that, that you, know, you have at Loomly is that you have assignments so that you know, when someone is supposed to review a piece of content then they're going to receive a notification uh, and you know, you, you, they won't miss it because you can send it over you know, email or push notification or even Slack and Microsoft Teams. So they can't set it and get it. Um, and so, you know, you have, you know, the, those reminders and then if a post has not been approved, you know, one hour before it's time to publish it, then you will get another notification, this kind of thing. So it actually, you know, kind of uh, takes you, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like an, an autopilot, uh, mm -hmm. almost like an additional member in your team that tells you, hey, remember to do that. Uh, so that's how you can also kind of, you know, take it to the next level in terms of productivity for your team. And what with social media, I mean, you all are so involved with social media. What are some of the best practices now? You know, I, I know your software allows your incorporation of your RSS feed um, so you could share your blogs that, you know, what type of content is actually getting noticed now that people really should be focused on uh, this year? Okay, so if you don't mind, I can, I can kind of break down my answer in maybe it's three parts. So number one, for sure, and that's, you know, that this has been true probably for the last 10 years and I anticipate it's going to keep being true uh, in the next few years as well, uh, is that consistency beats creativity every time. So it's not about, you know, trying to go viral uh, and, you know, maybe like you post like a, a video and then, you know, like, like you know, or, or a photo and then for like a few hours you're trending, but then you know what's going to happen within 24 or, or, or 48 hours? Well, nothing, because that was just, you know, you went viral and then you get forgotten. So this is why we say, you know, consistency beats creativity every time because, um, or luck, because when you are consistent, you have this workflow we were talking about and you put out, you know, your 10, 20, 50 posts per month, you know, maybe you're not going to go from zero to a million subscribers in, you know, in a month, but over time, you're going to build your audience, you're going to engage with them, and they are going to uh, trust your brand. And that's how you build your business and your brand over time. So uh, that's number one. For sure, this is one of the best practices is being consistent. Uh, number two, um, if we look at, you know, kind of the type of content that we are seeing more and more, uh, which is very obvious, it's videos. Uh, you know, uh, text, of course, it still works. Uh, uh, images, you know, like you mentioned, imagery is very, very important. It's kind of, you know, the bread and butter of social media. But these days, we see that algorithm, uh, they favor videos. Uh, users, they enjoy videos because they get even more information in a, a smaller amount of time. Um, and we see more and more uh, social media actually focusing on videos. So video marketing, it's actually one of the trends that we have identified uh, for 2021 as, as the marketing trends and the things that, you know, we, we anticipate to see more and more, uh, especially as, you know, uh, I know, you know, 5G and all of that, it's kind of controversial, but, you know, from a pure technical point of view, it's actually going to make it even easier to consume videos. Uh, there are more and more smartphones equipped, you know, with tremendous cameras that allow you to make um, exceptional videos at no cost. And like I said, we have uh, you know, video focused uh, social networks that are kind of rising. Uh, so we, we do believe that, you know, video is kind of one of the big trends and it's one of the uh, types of content format we're going to see more and more of. So that would be the second part of my answer. And the third part of my answer is kind of, you know, uh, where, where to go. 
where to go next, you know, uh, what are, you know, kind of the best uh, social networks to be on. Um, and so there are, you know, usually three that, uh, that we are the most impressed with these days. Um, number one, of course, not even, you know, I don't even know if I need to say it, but of course, TikTok, how can you miss it? And it's kind of, you know, it's tying into what I was saying. TikTok is, is fast growing, it's impressive. Uh, it's kind of, you know, it went from this kind of musical niche to something that is more mainstream and, and there are so many people who are passionate about it and, and it's really fascinating to see the growth that this platform has been experiencing. Uh, so of course, TikTok, um, if you're in the consumer business, it's, it's a great place to be. Um, second, uh, you know, which we believe is highly underrated Maybe it's a bit scary because of the type of social network that it is, but it's YouTube. Um, we feel like YouTube has an, a huge potential. Uh, and we see that, you know, people who put out videos after videos, they are, you know, it takes time to grow, but then once you reach a certain scale, then it goes really, really fast. Um, we've seen many examples of, you know, like YouTubers who had like just a couple hundred views in the early days, but then they kept pushing and then, you know, it may have taken them like three years to go from zero to 1 million subscribers, but then like, you know, going from one to three took like just less than 12 months. So there is a huge potential with YouTube. Um, it's, you know, because it's more than a social network where you just follow people and you see their videos. It's also a search engine where actually people look for tutorials and information and things like that. So really, really powerful platform. And the last one, um, which we, you know, kind of also think is a bit underrated is, is LinkedIn. Um, there is a lot happening on LinkedIn. They are putting out a lot of new format like stories. Um, you can publish long form posts on LinkedIn. Um, you can publish as a company, as a profile. And also it's a bit more B2B. Uh, there are many, many companies who can take advantage of it. For instance, you know, even if you're a B2C company, you can still build your employer brand with them, um, you know, and, and, and there are many, many things that, that you can do with LinkedIn, which we find fascinating. So those would be our three favorites. So wrapping up, I would say, uh, you know, best practices are having a solid workflow uh, to, uh, you know, maybe trying to invest in video producing and three, uh, looking into TikTok, YouTube and LinkedIn. Sorry, that was a long answer, but- I'm No, it's a great answer. No, it's fantastic. So. With any of these platforms, you know, whether it's Instagram, which we, you didn't talk about, which, but yeah. it's like the go-to for every marketer under the sun right now. Everyone's like, I have to have an Instagram account. Of course, of course. Yeah. And now they're like, what's Instagram reels? But uh, how many posts should people be doing? Like, depending upon the platform, what is best practices there? Whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, where yeah. should people be concentrating their time and efforts? Um, okay, so there's, I don't think there is a one size fits all, you know, solution. Uh, if we talk about Instagram, you know, the most popular, I would say, accounts that I see, and it can be brands, but it can be celebrities. And I, I know, you know, this is something that you know very well. Um, you know, usually anywhere between, I would say, two and, and you know, four posts per week is usually what, what we see works best because under... And that amount, you know, people may forget about you because there are other accounts that are more active. Over that amount, uh, you may start to kind of overwhelm people. And, you know, depending on how frequently they kind of 
take into Instagram maybe if they feel like you know they are they are missing out on like you know like five or ten posts because you published that much in a couple of days then they may kind of you know be frustrated so that's you know what we what what we tend to say um, and then this is you know kind of a good rule of thumb for I would say generalist uh, social networks of course on Twitter we can uh, be a bit more prolific uh, no problem um, on YouTube you know anywhere between you know, one video per week is, it, you know, it works, it's already very solid. Um, and then, you know, the best and, and the most prolific YouTubers, you know, they tend to, to post maybe two or three per week, but that's, you know, that's when this is becoming your full-time job. Uh, there are even some who actually publish one video per day. I'm not sure how to do it. Uh, it's, it's very, very impressive, but you don't need to go that far to actually emerge on the platform. Um, and then LinkedIn, I would say, you know, maybe, twice a week, something like that. Um, that's usually what you see. Yeah, I know LinkedIn actually will penalize you if you're overposting. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So you want to be kind of careful with that. And if someone's starting out or maybe they have a platform that just hasn't been you know, really their focus in a while, fast should they expect growth like whether they're like it's my first instagram account i'm putting it up there or it's i've been in business for 10 years but yeah. we have to be focused on this how fast should they expect actual growth to happen so um what's again like you know there's probably like not a, a one-size-fits-all answer to that but so the thing is if you're just getting started here is what's most likely going to happen. You're going to publish a post, you're going to create an account and, and then publish a couple of posts and then you are going to have like a lot of traction, a lot of reach because, you know, it's the early days. And then you're going to go through a dip <laughs> because, you know, like it's kind of how it works, right? The social networks, they try to incentivize you to start like, you know, a new account. But, and so you are, you know, first few posts, you may have like a lot of, of reach and impressions and likes, uh, and then you may go through a dip. And so that's when you want to, you know, like uh, keep posting, like I was saying, the consistency, because, you know, uh, many social networks, for instance, even on, on YouTube, they actually kind of uh, reportedly uh, look into, you know, how perseverant you are. Uh, and because, you know, there are so many channels that are created every year. Uh, just last year, I think it, it was something like 7 million channels created. And that's not counts of people who want to watch content, it's people who want to create content. Yeah. 7 million channels. So they, you know, they cannot just over um, promote everyone who is just getting started. So they kind of give you give you like a, a quick kick at the beginning, and then you know they will make sure that you keep posting even if it's becoming a bit ch more challenging. And then you know you will kind of have uh, another another spike. Uh, I would say you know depending on what you are trying to accomplish, uh, depending on whether you want to be you know an influencer or you want to build your brand, or it, it really depends on what you're trying to do, but. But I would say, you know, uh, you know, for sure, you have to at least give it three months before you you just you know see some kind of uh, um, first you know results, um, and then at the end of the, your first year, you will have an idea if you've been consistent and you've been continuously improving your content by looking at you know what make people react and and you know uh what they don't like and and uh what drives conversions if you have an e-commerce business then at the end of the first year you you will have a sense of whether you know you're going into the right direction or not but i would give it time for sure and with all of these accounts you know there's different um 
there's different tactics to use, but you know, maybe TikTok's a little different than this, but with everything else, I think it's kind of tried and true, um, at least with Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. One of the parts that I think a lot of people forget about social media accounts and platforms is that word social, that you're actually supposed to be going on and interacting with other people. And it's not just about what you are vomiting out to the world about yourself. It's actually communicating and sharing and supporting. And that's a big miss for a lot of people, right? I agree a hundred percent. And so, so, you know, the first, the first step is of course, you know, to publish great content and, 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 you know, when we say great content, it means that it's not only saying, Hey, look at me, look at my brand, look at my product. I, this is the best and so on and so forth. Because at some point, you know, people, you know, at some point they, there is only so much they can care right. about. So, um, so the first thing is trying, you know, to, to, to build great content, uh, mm-hmm. and, and tell you like a solid brand brand story that is kind of, you know, compelling. And then if you do that, you are going to get some reactions. You are going to get some people, you know, who will say, hey, love what you're doing, or maybe they will be asking questions. Maybe you will have some trolls as well. That's fine. That's the cost of doing business. Um, then you will start receiving you know, direct messages and you'll have people mentioning you or recommending uh, whatever you are doing, giving you shout outs and things like that. What you want to do once you get in that phase, which is kind of, you know, kind of the growl, you want to interact with those people. You want to thank them. You don't want to ignore them. You want to say, you know, you want to like their comments, um, you know, reply to their comments or their questions or their messages. And because this is how, you know, you are going to go from just like this kind of one way account that kind of, you know, like you say, kind of pushes out content to this kind of, um, you know, two way uh, community where you know of course you put out content but then you know you have some questions and you interact with them and people feel like it's not one way but that they can actually ask you things and, and interact mm-hmm. with you so I would say this is you know definitely like the I don't want to say the, the, the second step in, in terms of, of importance I just think that you know in, in sequence it usually happens only if you put out great content but definitely uh, it's, it's, it's how you build a great brand. How can more people find out about Loomly? Where should they go? What should they be doing? Obviously, they can go to Loomly.com, I'm assuming. But what's a good uh, way to learn about you? Uh, they can, uh, you know, listen and, and watch your show. I think that's, uh, that's a great place because we've talked about it a lot. But, yeah, you know, everything is on, on Loomly.com. Um, you can follow us, of course, you know, on, on, on LinkedIn and on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, but, you know, most of what we explain is, is on our website. And if you want to learn about, you know, how to build a great brand online, uh, you can also go to the Loomly blog, which is blog.loomly.com. And, and we actually publish, uh, you know, a long form article every week on a specific topic. So, for instance, this week, you know, it's not even about social media. It's about email marketing. And, you know, we have this definitive guide on how, you know, you can go from zero to actually launching your first campaign and building your list of subscribers and so we try to you know cover all the different angles of uh, what it takes to build a successful brand online even when it's not related directly to what Lumi does but it so much is because everything's digital now and, and even before you know we were talking about how you were going to promote you know this podcast um, through your own platforms I and mean, you all have built together um, quite a newsletter that you have 
a very large reach on, on those who are reading your blogs and who are reading your newsletters right now. And that's also partly driven by social media too. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, social media, you, there is some content that, he, that you produce natively for social media and specifically for social media. So your Instagram post and, and, and your, your tweets. Uh, but there, there are also, you know, some pieces of content that, you know, are made uh, for elsewhere. So for instance, for a blog and that you are actually distributing through social media. And so uh, that's where, you know, social media is, is a very interesting um, phenomenon because you can publish content, you can um, also, you know, share content from elsewhere, you can interact with people, you can run ads. There are so many different things that you can do to actually build your brand. And, um, you know, what matters at the end of the day is that you find the right mix for your brand and your audience and, and how to best reach them and, and make sure that, you know, they like what you, what you are putting out there and not that they, they feel like overwhelmed or like, you know, they, they see too, too much of you. So it's kind of finding, you know, the right mix and the way you put the cursor and, and yeah, social media is a big part of this mix. Are there any last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Uh, you know, well, th thanks for uh, watching your show. I think it, 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 it's great. And, and, and thank you for, for having me. But, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, to the risk of, of repeating myself, I, I would say, you know, give it time if you're trying to build your brand. Give it time. It's probably not going to happen overnight. And, and remember that, you know, consistency beats creativity every time. That's what I would say. Fantastic. And then to give you a last plug with Loomly, I know that if you do go to your website and you sign up, you get 15 days free. And so that you can actually yeah. test the platform and play around with it a bit. I know this. Yeah. I'm doing this last night. I see, and and <laughs> and you know, it's it's a true 15-day free trial. We don't ask you for your credit card. You have access to all the features, uh, and you know, you can speak to our support team anytime in the chat. So if you have any questions, so we, we try to be to be nice uh, with you if you are, uh, you know, kind enough to visit our website. Well, Tivo, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our chat and conversation. You all obviously know a lot about social media and digital marketing. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. It was a pleasure. Of course. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much today for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Overcome Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. Have a great day.